This is Good in Theory, a deep but not heavy podcast about political theory, philosophy, and the history of ideas. My name is Cliff Mark, and the reason I find political theory so interesting is that it's given me perspectives to look at the world that I could never have thought of myself. And it's not just about politics. The thinkers that I'll be talking about in this podcast pop into my head all the time. When someone gets banned on Twitter, I think of Socrates' trial. When I see children playing, I think of Jean-Jacques Rousseau's kind of unhinged ideas about education. And Thomas Hobbes, the guy who said that life is nasty, brutish, and short, I think about him almost all the time. Believe it or not, putting a bunch of old theories about how politics works into my head has changed the way that I see almost everything. And I made this podcast because I want to share that with you. I want to put these theories into your head. And I'm going to do it by telling you about my favorite books in enough detail that you'll feel like you read them yourself. You are listening to Something Rather Than Nothing. Creator and host, Ken Vellante. Editor and producer, Peter Bauer. This is Ken Vellante with the Something Rather Than Nothing podcast, and I have Portland artist uh, Melissa Alford here this uh, this episode. I encountered her work at a, a, a wonderful uh, art store with uh, local artisans uh, made in Milwaukee, uh, in Milwaukee, Oregon, and um, really excited um, to, uh, to introduce you to uh, Melissa Alford. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. It's, um, like I said, uh, Melissa, I encountered your, your work and um, there's a beautiful postcard of a, uh, of, a, of a girl in a window and it's kind of a dark, kind of haunted house. Uh, just, just beautiful work and uh, really drew me. And, and then I encountered, um, you know, uh, a lot of your other work on your Instagram and website, but so, 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 so let's go back to the beginning. What, what were you yeah. like when you were younger? Were you, were you an artist? Were you interested in creepy things? What were you like? <laughs> I was, I was always an artist. Um, my, my mom is a mathematician and my dad is a computer programmer. So they had no idea what was happening. But, um, when I was about, you know, really as, as far back as I can remember, probably three or four my mom bought me like a little tykes art desk so that I could just sit there all day and create art. Um, and I was definitely always like a spooky kid. Um, like whenever she would take me to, you know, the bookstore or the video store, I was always like straight to the horror section. Um, (laughs) and I was always drawing like ghosts and like haunted things, even, you know, when I was that age. Um, so it's definitely been like an ongoing theme, like art and horror. Yeah. And did, did you, uh, everybody, I mean, if, if folks like horror, there's always this like relationship, I think that horror fans have with it, right? Because some of it is like super crazy, extreme or, or yeah. violent or just, it, it draws us. Did you find when you were younger that you kind of had to hide it or was it just like, this is what I draw and it's cool. And that's what you did. You know, when I was very young, I, I didn't really feel like 
there was anything to hide. Um, I, I just felt like that was what I was really fascinated by. Um, and as I got a little bit older, I kind of got a little more self-conscious about it. Like I definitely could tell, like my dad was a little bit concerned. Um, and, and mostly, you know, he, him and my mom were who I was showing my art to. So there was kind of a, there was kind of a turning point where I was like, maybe this isn't just like, not everybody's going to appreciate this or, or even understand sure. why yeah. I'm like so interested in these themes. And did, did, did you, so I wanted to, one of the things um, I noticed about uh, your background is that um, you grew up in, grew up in Portland, resided in Portland most of your life, but you did go to Savannah to, to, to study art. Can you talk about yeah. uh, that experience and what it was like going to, to Savannah? It's a, a city I've been to once and I love, and I find it to be just uh, maybe a haunted yeah. place or a creepy place. What <laughs> Could you tell us about that? Absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I loved living in Savannah. It was a beautiful city. Um, it just, it has so much history and it has a lot of the like pre-war Southern architecture that a lot of that had been destroyed in many parts of Georgia, but Savannah had been spared because they decided they would rather save their city and surrender. Um, so in a way it's almost like a time capsule of what what the streets would have looked like, you know, um, pre 1860s. And it was really interesting getting to see all of that, all of that influence. Like there's so much like wrought iron and it's just, it's stunning to look at. Um, and of course, because there's so many old buildings, there's just, it's rife with ghost stories. Like everywhere is haunted. Everywhere has a ghost story. My own building at SCAD, um, I was in the sequential arts program and it had been, it was like this big old pink building. Um, and it had been a spinster's home before it became the sequential art department. And so of course a spinster's home is definitely. Oh, going to be well, haunted. yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so we were always on the lookout. Are there going to be some ghosts here? Like, where are we going to see it? When are we going to finally be able to say I've had that Savannah experience? Um, like all of our professors too, you know, they would talk about being there late at night and being like, you know, I, I thought I heard voices and it turned out it was just a homeless person in the, you know, back alley. But I was hoping it was a ghost this time. Right. And, um, uh, and as far as your, your experience, uh, haven't spent a lot of time in your life up in the Pacific Northwest. Did you, do you, you run into some kind of stark differences or discover, you know, different things about the region? Yeah, I mean, I felt like there was a really big difference living in Savannah just because it was so, I mean, like the Southern hospitality, like everybody would just say hi to you. You know, like here in Portland, people are friendly, but they're a little more reserved. And in, in the South, you know, we met one of our friends just in a coffee shop. She asked us for help with her computer. And the next time we saw her, she invited us over for barbecue, you know. And so that was definitely kind of a different cultural experience that we me and my roommate were living there at the time. We were like, whoa, like, you don't just do that. Like, who is this person? So I think yeah, that, I that so, so different with the hospitality or, or more pronounced. Exactly. Yeah. I, um, I'm as simple enough of that. Uh, when you go out to eat, everybody calls you honey and that just feels nice. <laughs> <laughs> I got called so many versions of honey, baby doll, sweetie, you know, honey pie. I, I do miss that. That was very nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wanted to, uh, we got, we got 
wanted to get into some, some of your thoughts about about art and some of the larger conceptual questions. I'm going to start with, sure. with, with the big one that I love to ask all artists, uh, most yeah. anybody is, what is art? You're an artist, but what is it that you're doing? Well, I think like as a larger concept, when I think about art, I always think of things that are created with like an intention. Um, you know, people do things that have either, sometimes it has a practical purpose as well, but there's some kind of intentional development of skills. And that's like what to me seems like an art. Um, and for, for my art, you know, my skills are, are going to be mostly like illustration and storytelling and how I can get better and better at delving into these topics, um, you know, that I like to explore. And I think that's, that's kind of like where I think of the crux of art is like having this intentional desire to like improve your skills, whatever they are. Yeah. Yeah. There's like a bit of the, um, the kind of expertise and craft within it of what, what you're choosing to explore. What exactly what uh, given, given your conception of art, what, what do you feel is the, the, the role of art? Um, and, and the reason why I ask this, um, I, I ask it a lot is, um, you know, in a, in a pandemic, in a politically uh, volatile time, probably the most politically mm-hmm. volatile time in half a century in, in the United States of America, um, art wasn't celebrated during the time of Trump, to put it uh, mildly. Uh, so right. uh, what, what, yeah, what, what's, what, what's the role of art right now? Is it, is it the same? Is it supposed to inspire, critique? What's it supposed to do? You know, I think it's supposed to do all of the above. Um, I think that art right now is actually, I think, a really interesting time to examine art because of the fact that we're in the middle of this pandemic and there's been so much uncertainty politically and also, you know, socially, like what's going to happen if we're not really able to go back to like normal life. Um, I think art has really been something that's kind of come to the forefront as far as keeping people connected keeping them feeling comfortable, like keeping people from feeling isolated. Um, I also think that it's, it's been giving people something to kind of just like, it can help them feel a sense of community to have, have their art that they either enjoy consuming or that they enjoy making. Um, And I think that like, I, I think that, politically also you know art has been used as political critique for you know hundreds of years like one of my favorite artists of all times um Hieronymus Bosch he was like a a 14th century nether I think he's from the Netherlands um you know his art was a political critique um of the church at the time so it's it's really I think art right now still you can see an especially sequential art which was um, what I studied in college, like it has been used as a way of critiquing culture, of critiquing politics and of bringing issues to the forefront for, you know, forever, really. Yeah. Uh, Melissa, I wanted to ask you something um, is probably for the listeners as well, just so you could uh, 
delve into it a little bit more. Um, when you're referring to sequential art, can you tell us about what, why, like, how do you study that in, yeah. in particular? Yeah, of course. I'm sorry. I should have defined it right away because that's the term they use at SCAD, but everybody's like, what the heck is that? Um, <laughs> so sequential art is the art that um, is used for comic books, comic um, pages, um, storytelling, I'm sorry, storyboarding, graphic novels, um, really anytime there's like story and art together, um, usually literally like pictures with speech bubbles, you know, that is sequential art. Um, and I, I decided to go pursue sequential art because I just, I've always really loved stories. Um, I think anything that can tell a story is really powerful um, and sequential art had this like unique niche of combining the beauty of art and illustration with, you know, tell, telling stories and, and sending messages. Yeah. And thank, thanks for that. The description too, it actually connected yeah. to, I was just reading, uh, about, uh, about you and some description of, you know, sequential art in in comic books i i saw the individual images uh, that you do which uh, uh, i think are beautiful and and, and compelling uh, but i also saw within those individual images that there was like this emotion and energy and vitality which makes a ton of sense to me now with hearing about the sequential art because it it, it seems to start to move towards a a story. I saw your images very much in a horror fantasy kind of beautiful storytelling mode. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. That's, that's definitely, I, I kind of, I think it's, it's cool that you got that impression because even though I don't do as much of the actual panel, 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 sequential art work anymore, I do really try to infuse all of my work with, with story, with significance, Um, you know, all the choices that I make as far as, you know, costume design or background, like do have some kind of meaning, um, that's usually thought out more than just, oh, this will look nice. Yeah. Yeah. And I, 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 I saw that I'm a huge comic book graphic novel fan for forever. Um, and, uh, yeah, I just, uh, the, the art form itself is one of my great joys, uh, in, Absolutely. In life. Yeah, good, good. Um, so uh big big question here. Who or what made you who you are? Oh man, that is a definitely a big question. Um you know, it's I think it's a bit kind of a combination of things, of course, like with most people. Um, I think with many artists or like many artists, um had kind of a, a difficult upbringing. Um like I, my, my little brother has a severe disability and I think that there was just a lot of tension in our household. Um, and of course I always loved art just on my own. And I think really kind of, it, it, it kind of made me grow up a little bit sooner than a lot of my friends, a lot of my peers. And I think that it, it made me feel a little bit isolated and so I, I actually think a lot of my art comes from that sense of kind of trying to be seen, trying to be understood in ways that are like accessible to people. Um, 
after having been, after having come from such a a place of of feeling like I just wasn't on the same page as everybody else and I was very alone in the world. Yeah. So that's, that's definitely had a big impact. I think that's why so many of my themes are a little bit edgy, have a little bit of a taboo. I, uh, I, I really, I really connect to what you say. And I mean, I, I talk to a lot of artists and, you know, I, I create art myself and there's this kind of vein that we, that I find myself tapping into of whether it's isolation, a uh, feeling of difference, right. And then processing yeah. that experience, uh, of, of difference. I think it's yeah. one of the most the challenging things for a human to become comfortable, fully comfortable in their expression in themselves, you know, to, and and particularly when, you know, the wavelength or the material that you're interested in or the intensity in which you pursue material is a bit intimidating. Right. So. Absolutely. And I, I actually think that that's a really interesting like point because I think that a lot of the times people who create art, that's a little bit more, that has that kind of, I guess, edginess or has that, that dark side. Like, I think a lot of us have experienced times in our lives where we've, we felt like we were too intense for people. You know, we felt like we kind of came on and were just very like big presences and, and maybe people were put off or overwhelmed by, by how, like how much you know personality we had and I think that that's like one of the reasons that I make art is because I feel like it's a way to be accessible um to be seen but not to just have to like overwhelm people you know right do you do just out of curiosity for you as 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 an artist and us talking about maybe a little bit more popular uh cultural pieces like um graphic novels as far as your consumption in the art that you enjoy do you find yourself uh looking at uh classics primarily or um influenced by movies and in in culture or comic book geek culture what um when you're consuming art of others what are you consuming um i mean i really love i love everything you know i love horror movies i've always been a big horror fan so of course um, my husband and I are, are always watching some horror thing I've, you know, put on. Um, and I, I of course love like, um, I love comics. I, I've definitely been a comic book geek in my life. There have been times when I've been much more of a comic book geek. Um, you know, I've read tons of dark horse comics such as like Hellboy and, um, you know, Lobster Johnson, those kind of comics. I, I grew up reading um, Gary Larson, like The Far Side was a big influence. Um, and I also loved the comics by Charles Adams, who was the creator of the Adams Family. He like also did comic panels um, for The New Yorker and, and they all were just like so beautifully spooky. <clears throat> so I, I think that those types of things have been mostly are mostly what I consume. You know, I'm always listening to um I love audiobooks. So I listen to audiobooks a lot while I draw as well. And I like things that are like um a little high fantasy, a little horror, um, you know, anything that has a good mystery. It's all kind of 
what I prefer. Yeah, I, I I love a lot of uh, the the stuff you're interested in. Uh, about the far mm-hmm. side with Gary Larson, is that coming back? I heard it was coming back. Do you know? I I heard something about that too, but I have not heard any updates. I he was vehemently like, "I'm never doing this again" for so many years that I'm kind of like, "Is this really gonna happen?" But I I'm hoping so. Like I definitely I loved reading the Far Sides when I was a kid. I just thought they were just brilliant, both in execution and in, in the words. Um, There's such a beautiful um, intersection of like weird, nerdy humor and just like completely off the wall. Um, he must have created like, some territory. Yeah, he created some terri- territory for all of us, I think, to exist in. Absolutely. I think a lot of us really just found that, you know, his particular humor spoke to us and um, especially just with how like strange it, it is like so much of it is just so weird. And we were talking with uh, Melissa Alford and, uh, Melissa, I got a couple, couple more big questions for you. Um, and, uh, was wondering, uh, in, in the background of discussing about, uh, discussing art and some of the things we talked about, um, a lot of the show gets into the act of creation. Um, do you ever yeah. wonder why you create? I mean, is, is it something that you just compelled to do? You have no choice or do you have to push yourself to, to do what you do? What's your experience? I think for most of the time, it's really a compulsion. Like it's just, I feel like art has kind of this dual purpose of, I mean, partly, yes, I, I just, I feel the need to create, um, I, when I see something that is inspiring, you know, a beautiful costume design or something else, like, that's interesting, I, I always think about how I would draw that, um, and, like, it just kind of sits in the back of my mind, and then those are the things that kind of eventually wind up manifesting in my art, um, like, there's sometimes just these pictures that I feel like, Sometimes they just, I feel like they drew, they, they created themselves. Um, you know, I, I sat there and, and I was there, their medium almost. Um, but then there are times also where the desire to create art is there, but the, the actual creation just doesn't want to happen. Like it, yeah. you just can't get it. You can't get it right. And it's sometimes that can even seem, um, like it's an intangible quality of like, yes, technically this is a perfectly fine drawing, but I feel no emotional connection to it. Therefore I'm giving up and I hate it. (laughs) So I think that it's, it's definitely kind of both. Um, I think that for a lot of artists, like we're, you know, we just kind of had, we heard the call, you know, at some point in our lives and just we're never really able to stop creating um, either you know, drawing or writing or whatever it is. Um, I know when I was uh, younger, I was always like writing a story and there was always some story in my head I had to get out. Um, and I think that now I just, I do that like with visual medium instead. I got a, another big question for you, Melissa. And, and, you know, it's, it's the big question of the show is why, why is there something rather than nothing? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not actually sure quite how to answer that. Um, 
that's I okay. That, <laughs> I was thinking about it a lot, though. I, I had been talking with my roommate about it, and I, I actually thought it was really interesting because her interpretation of that question was completely different than mine. Um, and so I, I really, it really got me thinking about, you know, it, she assumed it meant, why do I create art rather than not create art? And I assumed that it was more of a broader philosophical question of why is there something, is there something more to what we create? Is it more than the sum of its parts? Um, right. And I, I think yes. I think the answer is yes. I think art has its own brand of magic that it can create for people. Um, and I also think that I, I think that for some people, you know, they, they have to create things like they just feel that that's kind of their purpose that that's what gives them purpose in life is to is to make art of some kind yeah and well and the thing is too is it's it's i i thanks for relaying the conversation you had with with your roommate because i i have asked it in in general i mean the question historically is you know like basically why is there god why is there something why why do why is there any existence so that's the most abstract part of it right but um i've always tried to focus the show uh, on those larger philosophical questions but also you know how are things made you know like are, are do, do does something come uh, from nothing and created connected directly to the artistic um process because i know some folks would be like you know i created this thing entirely on my own it was in my head and there was nothing there before and now there's something and right. uh, so it's definitely been connected a lot to the process of creation. I find that artists have godlike power to create, <laughs> right? So that's why I've kind of let that question uh, remain ambiguous. Melissa, I was just wondering uh, if you could relay to the listeners how to encounter um, your art uh, via website or physical art. What did they do? Sure. Um, so my website is melliferaarts.com. Um, it does have a lot of my work posted there. I would say to see my most up-to-date work, definitely check out my Instagram, which is uh, mellifera underscore arts. Um, and if you're looking for where you can buy my art, um, I do have an Etsy. Um, it's mellifera arts. Um, and I actually do have it for sale in a couple of places around Portland, if you're local to the area. Um, I have it for sale at both Spring Creek Coffee House in Milwaukee and at the Mecca of Culture um, made in Milwaukee, which is also in Milwaukee, of course. Um, and if conventions ever resume, I do I regularly do Crypticon up in SeaTac every May. Um, I also do the West Coast Haunters Convention here in Portland. Um, I've been doing Rose City Comic Con for the last few years. Um, and the Oddities and Curiosities Expo, um, when it comes to town, I usually get a table there as well. So assuming we're allowed to have conventions again, I would say that's definitely the best place to come find me. Um, I will have the biggest selection of prints and jewelry and candles and everything I make um, at the shows. Uh, 
Or you can always reach out to me, you know, if there's something you're looking for, or if you just want to talk about art, you know, just send me a message on Instagram. And I, I check that all the time. So it's a really good way to get in touch with me. Yeah, thank you. Oh my gosh, Melissa, you made me so excited talking about all those conventions. <laughs> <laughs> I miss them so much. It's been... Oh man, it's like the for some of us, it's like church closing, you know? <laughs> yes, exactly. I definitely like I I have all these people that I see at the conventions every year, and I haven't seen them since 2019, and I'm like, oh, all of my convention buddies, like. How are they doing? It uh, it's it's well it will think about it in the future, and um, I know our conventions and society will 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 that those those pieces will continue in some form. Um, but Melissa, I just wanted to really thank you uh, for your time. Um, you know, reaching out to you after I saw uh, your art and and learning a bit more about. Um, you're thinking behind art and uh, I'm going to be uh, looking for, you know, a lot of great, um, you know, art from you, but uh, thanks for joining the program. It's, it's been a great pleasure. Yeah. Thank you for having me. It was really, it was actually really awesome to, you know, get to talk about art. It's been like, uh, you know, with conventions and everything being off, it's been a long time since I've really gotten to delve into it with, and it's, it's been really cool. Yeah, thanks. And like I said, I'm trying to create the space nowadays to, to, you know, have a conversation about fun things, exciting things, confusing things, what have you. And um, yeah. uh, thank you so much for, for joining us and uh, hope we get to chat again soon, Melissa. Yeah, me too. That'd be awesome. Take care now. All right. You as well. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. bye. This is something rather than nothing.